What's up, fools? Team Ramos here with a brand new episode. We finally have our first guests, Austin and Michaela Cook, our employers at Quality Tinting and Signs, also owners of the Institute and Rock Solid Horsemanship, among others. In this episode, there will be some in and out audio issues just because the four of us were sharing our teeny tiny mics and there's only two of them. So apologies. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good one. You know, stick with us. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And we'll see you later. live hi guys what's up fools (laughs) how's it going (laughs) well this is episode eight and like we promised we have our first guest welcome to the married to the podcast my name is richard i'm vanessa (laughs) we're team ramos and we have austin cook and michaela cook Woo! so sorry if it's a little bit weird in terms of pacing and whatnot we have two mics and we're sharing so (laughs) and we got baby dallas here (laughs) well welcome and thanks for uh joining us today really appreciate it absolutely i'm excited to be on with you guys well do you have anything to start off okay just to get started um if you guys could just give us a quick little background uh how long have you known each other how long have you been married um yeah let's start with that so we met in 2009, my last year of college, and we started working together in 2012, and we got married in 2015. And then around that time, 2009, did you already have the business? Did you already have quality at that time? Yeah, I purchased the business 2008, March 7th. Oh, okay. Cool. So I guess like kind of what drew you into, like, I, I, like, we both know your story, Mm -hmm. but for people out there that don't know, you know, what drew you into wanting to buy this business in particular, you know, like what was the main driving factor in it? Yeah. So at the time being 19, I was just kind of looking for a way to get out of going to college. I was working for a landscape company at the time, and he had told me that he could pay me more if I had a truck. So I went and bought a new truck and the first stop was to get the windows tinted. And as soon as I walked in, I was intrigued and my, you know, wheels started spinning in my head from the second I walked in, then he proceeded to tell me the price followed with how long it would take. I became more interested. I watched him do it. And then after spending a half hour, 45 minutes with him while he did my driver and passenger window, by the end, I asked him if he could train me so that I can leave town and open up a shop that was non-competing with him. And he just kind of chuckled at the time and uh, said, it's a lot harder than you think, and it doesn't quite work like that. So we wrapped up the conversation, and uh, he called me back a few weeks later and reminded me that I had been in and that I was interested in learning how to tint, and he said that he would, in fact, be willing to teach me how to tint under one condition, and that condition was that I bought the whole company. And then I became more interested, and especially because of the reason why he wanted to sell the company. He didn't actually want to, but he felt that his hand was forced because he went through a divorce and his ex-wife took his kid with her to Wisconsin. So I thought it was a good valid reason for selling the company and him not wanting to, you know, get rid of it because it was 
failing, but rather he didn't want to get rid of it. Um, so that was even more appealing to me. And the most appealing thing about the whole business was that the catch was learning how to do the service itself. And I, I knew from watching him that I could learn how to do it. So about a year after that conversation is when we finally closed escrow. So it took about a year of negotiation and back and forth to finalize the deal. Okay, cool. Um, where were you at that point in, the, in time, Michaela? So at that point in time, I was finishing my last year of college, about to graduate, and I had an internship with an e-commerce company. I was doing marketing, and I had a full-time um, job offer right after I completed college. Nice. So at any point in time, was there like a discussion of potentially working together in the future? Is there Was there any sort of uh, planning for that? Yeah. Um, early on, definitely not. I mean, Austin had already always mentioned like, Hey, you know, it'd be helpful if I had someone doing like the books or answering phones, that type of thing. But I had my heart set on like a corporate career, like not even living in a smaller town, but moving to a big city. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed my job. Um, I ended up staying there for three years and in that time as like our relationship grew and our aspirations grew, um, we had kind of brainstormed some business ventures or how we could grow the current business that he had. And that just started to bloom. And eventually I quit my job and moved over there full time. To back up just a little bit, in 2008, on March 7th, when I bought the company, I didn't even know Michaela yet. Okay. So, but what's funny is she actually lived right around the corner from me, but we didn't know each other. We found this out later. So I lived at the be the entrance of our neighborhood, basically. So she would see me with her girlfriends. She knew where I lived. She knew I was the guy that lived on the corner, but we didn't know each other at that point. Um, and you know, the story, the story says they would wonder, what does he do? What, why is he, you know, what's was he, that what's a, his a story? Your mind? <laughs> Did you ever wonder? Yeah. It was like, you know, he doesn't, I know he didn't go to Cal Poly. So it was like, you know, what does he do? <laughs> what does he do on a regular basis? <laughs> he's so, guy? he's like so young. Why is he living in this house by himself? Mm -hmm. Like what's kind of the story? And mm -hmm. we had some mutual friends and then kind of met from there. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. No, that's awesome. And uh, I guess kind of backing up a little bit too, you had mentioned that you guys had brainstormed a bunch of other different uh, business ventures. I guess, are you living that sort of uh, plan out, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like with some of those business ventures? If not, like what were they? 100%. So I don't remember any other ideas other than the ones that we are executing on. And I remember like yesterday where we were camping, what campsite we were in, when we were talking about it. But her saying like, you know, we started talking about signs. Rapping was brand new at the time. It's still stained in my head where I was saying at the time, I want to start rapping. Like I was saying that all the time <laughs> because I was watching YouTube videos. I was literally saying it like that. Everyone was annoyed. I mean, because it was so brand new at the time. But I was like, you know, I think rapping is a good compliment to window tinting. And it's same thing. I wasn't even thinking about getting a printer or being in a sign, just buying a roll of film and being able to wrap a car. That's what was intriguing me at the time. But we were camping, we started talking about it. And then uh, it came up that if we bought sign equipment, and I know this company, Fellers, where you can buy a, a package, she's like, yeah, if we did that, I would quit. 
And right there, I was like, shut up. No, you wouldn't. And she's like, yeah, no, I would. And then on the way home, we were writing up the business plan. I think within a week, we made the pitch to get the money for the sign equipment. And probably within a month from then, we had the sign equipment delivered. And then even when the sign equipment was delivered, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Do we have the sign equipment already when you got to quality? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to I, remember. I gave- so, yeah, I gave 30 days at my job and I was working at quality Saturdays. And then I came for the three days of training with the printer and everything got dropped off. And then somewhere around that time point, I completely transitioned over. So, so to give a little bit more background, when I say getting the money for the sign equipment, that house that I was living in that she saw me with, I was partners with on my mom. And the deal was she puts down the down payment and then walks away. I pay the mortgage every month. However, I can do it. And you know, that turned into me having roommates and making the mortgage and whatnot. And we had decided that whatever the profits were when we sold it, whenever we sold it, we didn't have a plan as to when we'd sell it. But when we sold it, we'd split the profit right down the middle. And so I came to my mom and said, hey, I don't want to sell the house yet. The house has already gone up in this much value. Would you give me part of my profit in advance before we sell the house so we could buy the sign equipment outright and not have a payment? And my mom once again agreed to do that. So that's how we were able to get the 50 grand, I think it was, for all three pieces of equipment from the get-go. And then years and years later, we ended up selling the house and we were only able to get, I think about 40 out of the house because my mom had already given us a a forward, if you will, Mm -hmm. on my other part of my profits. So I would have had 90 if we didn't buy the sign equipment, but anyways. Dang. So at that time, did you guys, it was just you two, right? Going into quality, sign equipment, all that stuff. It was just the both of you or did you guys have multiple people on your team already? So it was us two, and then we had one other person that was already working at Quality doing installations and helping out with the phones and whatnot. Okay. Dane McLaughlin, and he owns a tent shop now in Atascadero. Oh, wow. So he went on to open up. He worked for us for three years and then went on to open up his own tent shop. And now he's a similar operation as to what we used to be, about three people total. Oh, wow. Cool. Um. Backing up a little bit here, I guess I wanted to see if you guys had the chance to go over this or maybe mm-hmm. if you guys can tell us on the fly, um, what does being married to it look like for you guys? Um, what in that sense, how does that fit your lifestyle? So married to it, you said another way to put it is like, what are we committed to? Yeah. And my response to that was we're committed to always improving every day we wake up and we're thinking how can we make our life better how can we make our business better our company culture better our family and our relationships better Mm -hmm. so that's kind of you know overarching what we're committed to in a nutshell um we're, we're always looking forward to the next day and seeing if we can be better than the previous yeah that's awesome you have anything to add to that to to elaborate you know, our core values, one of them is always improving. And I would say that that core value is an overarching value on all the other ones. Because for instance, as you guys know, another core value is always helping people. Mm -hmm. Well, we can improve on helping people. So we can always improve on taking more pride in the in the work we do, we can Mm -hmm. always improve on helping people more. Um, And it's kind of changed over the years, but we 
I've just now come up with our mission statement for our family, mm -hmm. which is to help as many people as we can by doing things we're passionate about. So what I'm committed to is just helping as many people as we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. No, for sure. And I don't know, I, I guess that's super unique because not a lot of people or families in particular can say that they have a mission statement, some sort of creed that they go by. So that's super special. Yeah, that's something you and I talked about. Of we want to eventually come up with some sort of family creed mm -hmm. that we die by mm -hmm. and yeah. that we can raise our family by. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess, what was the process in, in building that mission statement? Like, I'm just curious because some people may be looking for some sort of guidance. Maybe they're on the same sort of path of mm -hmm. self-improvement, you know, family betterment and whatnot, I guess. How did you guys come about that? Or yeah. was it just more of a natural thing? You know, Great question. So it was super natural. And it, but to answer the question in short, if I had to, it was just through education. So the more I get educated, the more has helped shape that mission statement. Um, I'm super passionate about selling information. I'm passionate about making a career out of something you actually like doing. Um, and you can do both by helping people educate them while teaching them. So years ago, when we hired a business consultant, you know, one of the things that we really wanted to do was find a bigger why. You know what I mean? Find a bigger why. Why are we all here? Mm -hmm. and, and I was thinking, oh, we got to find something that's more compelling but like not have it be just made up for the point of being compelling. And somewhere along the line, I accidentally one day came up with the 100% money back guarantee that says if you're not happy with the workmanship of the service, you simply don't pay. And that's where it kind of all stemmed from, which that was just off the top of my head by accident. Um, but obviously it's from the research. Like I still notice every 100% money back guarantee on every food product that we have in our kitchen. I just pointed it out yesterday on a first street bag of cheese mm -hmm. that they have it. So it's from paying attention. It's from awareness. And it's obviously from what we find valuable and find value in, but it was natural. And now I can mm -hmm. say that quality, it's so much bigger than wraps or tint. It's about making people feel good. Mm -hmm. Making people feel good is helping someone. We can change someone's day that just got in a fight with their significant significant other or that just had a fight with one of their kids by making them feel good so now it bloomed into wow i really just want to focus on helping people mm -hmm. you know the tint institute's all about helping people i want to help people here on a, a slightly different level the tint institute's so special because we actually help people make money mm -hmm. so that's to me the pinnacle we're actually helping other people be successful not just be in a better mood or mend a relationship that they might have uh, yeah we we both think the institute is such a great idea for that reason like it, it's helping promote regular people to be able to go out there and do better and be able to uh, make something from further themselves um talk since we got on the institute and quality what other business ventures are you guys um spearheading together so currently, in addition to our brick and mortar business, which is quality and Tint Institute, which is our mainly online business, um, we have rock solid horsemanship, which is a horse training business where we do lessons and we also train horses. Um, Austin will, in addition, buy horses, break them and resell them for a profit. 
and that has an online and in-person component similar to the model that we have at the institute um i have a youtube channel that's monetized uh, we both have amazon affiliate accounts that we we monetize as well and um <laughs> we have we have a a small tinting operation out of our house called mint window tinting why do you laugh <laughs> just because like the list goes on and on i just feel like it's like okay you know we we've talked about let's just call it cooks corporation and have everyone on our team kind of dabble in different so, aspects well, has of that the been business. a serious conversation because that sounds like a great idea yes i mean there's, there's like time for yeah yeah Slow down. <laughs> yeah. Anytime me, slow down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been a conversation, but with any business structure, there's always the tax side of it and the business entity side of it. So, you know, at this point in time, we're kind of talking to different attorneys and CPAs and seeing what would make the most sense for us for all the bi different businesses that we do have. Mm -hmm. So speaking of being married to it and all the emotions and feelings that go along with working together, I'm a little saddened that you didn't mention our newest business venture. Oh, no. Which is? We're writing a book together. Oh, yeah. That's still part of like... That's still No, it has nothing great. to do with the Institute at all. At all. Or this industry. The title of the book you know, give or take a few words, but right, right now is 25 leadership hacks for small companies under 25 employees. So it has yeah. nothing to do with wrapping, tinting, PPF. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we're going to promote it on the Institute and a lot of- any small business. Exactly. Yeah. In, specifically, I'm not going to say this, I don't think, but specifically service type companies. Mm -hmm. So it could be a plumbing contractor, a roofing contractor, a painting company, but yeah, mm -hmm. small companies under 25 employees will really benefit from this book. And the cool thing too with that, and you had mentioned different occupations like plumbing, electricians, you know, uh, like small restaurants or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It it really does cater to everything because you've mentioned here too, plenty of analogies, plenty of other business models that you you tend to take a little bit here, a little bit there to make it one giant, really cohesive uh, operation here. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you walk into quality. You have the welcome in, you know, everyone gets greeted, you get popcorn, you get water, you get offered um, complimentary pizza or coffee, you know, that's stuff that you would get from, you know, the high end places to really focus on making the client or customer feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, we had, we just, uh, I think we told you guys uh, earlier this week, we went to a winery out in Paso that did the same exact thing, felt very elevated. It's called Cereal out in downtown. Oh. But, oh, my gosh, it was fantastic. And the first thing that we thought was it feels just like Home. work. feels yeah. like work or feels like the shop feels like what we're familiar with. Which you know, it's like home. It's mm -hmm. very comfortable environment. Absolutely. Very, very it's like comfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it feels organic. And I feel like that book will do a, a great job in helping small businesses that are really looking to grow become something special like here, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. super cool. In addition to the customer experience, also the culture. Um, what's funny is when you named off some of those things that we do that make us unique, I, I was naming off each company that came to my mind that I got that idea from. So the welcome in is from Subway. Mm -hmm. The popcorn is from Ace. 
the free pizzas is from car dealerships. Car dealerships always do that. Like, hey, can we get you something to eat? Stay longer. Look yeah. at more cars. Um, so it's like all these ideas come from one specific company or multiple companies. Like, for instance, car dealerships are known for getting people something to eat. Ace Hardware, everyone knows them for having popcorn. Subway, they always say, welcome to Subway, welcome to Subway when you walk in. So we try to pay attention and implement anything that gives us that feeling that we're looking for. Um, so when I go to a business, and I go, ooh, I like that. Same thing with Ace Hardware. I asked her if they had alcohol. She hit the Motorola to ask everyone else in the store if they had alcohol. And I said, stop, forget the alcohol. What system is that? And then that's when we bought the Motorola walkie-talkies. Yeah, and you know, I'm actually noticing we went to to Five Guys the other day with her little brother and our niece, and that was something that we noticed right off the bat. Hey, welcome in. It's catching on more and more, and I think you're starting to see a lot more people understand that making people feel good as they walk into your establishment is super important. It's the very first impression, you know. So if you make them feel good, chances are they're going to be in a much better place for you to be able to you know, offer your services to sell your product, whatever it is. And I think you guys can attest to this, but the, 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 the massive power in making people feel good is how we feel when we know that we made someone feel good. Mm -hmm. So really like my core motivation to doing that is so that everyone here likes coming to work because even though it might be awkward at first to welcome people in, once you do and you get a great reaction, then it's perpetual. Then it starts the hamster wheel as far as going around and around and around. You want, you want to keep doing it because it's fun because you see that it actually has a, an impact on people. So that's why I think it, that's so valuable to require that your team goes out of their way to make the customer's experience um, the best it can be because then it makes them enjoying coming to work because people like making people feel good. It's just sometimes we have to be encouraged to do that at first. Do you feel like that also applies to your relationship, to your marriage, um, going out of your way to make your spouse feel good in whatever way that means? Um, do you feel like you had that in your relationship before it was implemented here at Quality or any of your other business ventures? Or was that something where it kind of naturally bled into both aspects? Great question. So when Michaela and I met, we instantly meshed. Mm -hmm. Like within the first week, I was the crazy, creepy guy because I told her I was going to marry her in the, <laughs> in the first week. And everyone had that same reaction. Mm -hmm. I had the same reaction as I just had. Mm -hmm. you, you guys laugh. You guys laugh because I'm dead serious. I'm mm -hmm. going to marry her. That's what I was doing in my living room at that house that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so we instantly always had a good relationship. We don't have to try to work on it. Like we mm -hmm. fell right into our roles even before she came to work. The story goes, the second that I knew I was in love with Michaela is when we were all driving to a party. Half the people in the car are already intoxicated. Mm -hmm. I'm driving stressed out, dark, windy road. Who knows where the hell we were going. And I was getting stressed <laughs> out because everyone's laughing and giggling in the back. Oh, and Michaela's yeah. like, you guys, be quiet. And I was like, I'm in love. Done deal. Yeah. yeah. Literally right then and there was the specific time that I was in love and knew she was mm -hmm. for me because every other girlfriend I had had before that would get mad at me for being stressed, stressed out, out or yeah. being mad because I was like, yeah. And well, she was she on my team. Yeah. Like, seriously, you guys. Yeah. She wasn't like, why are you tripped? Like, she wasn't against me. She was with me. She considered so, your perspective from the get-go. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And it's never changed. Mm -hmm. So... 
um, as far as us working together, it's there's obviously been lots of challenges, but challenges that were we were able to obviously overcome that most people would not have been because they didn't have that foundation. Mm -hmm. And that foundation yeah. we didn't have to work for. It's just it was a perfect fit mm -hmm. already. So no, that's that's cool. That again, super special because you don't get a lot of people that can say the exact same thing. And for as long as you guys have been working together too, with as many business ventures as you guys have, you know. So And two kids. And and two kids. And now it's easy. Mm -hmm. Like we already made it through the hard part. Yeah. Like when we were broke it's way harder when you're way more stressed out mm -hmm. the, it, the, it, it, we made it now like now it's not even hard what you guys see on a daily basis is, is is it's not hard we don't even have to try to work well together or this and that whereas there was a time not even at this shop at the beginning of being at this shop a little bit but at the last shop where it you know there were hard times but even still looking back not really because I, I knew we weren't going to give up. And it was never like, are we going to stay together? It was never even close to that. If anything, there was times where Mikhail's considering going back to work for someone because mm -hmm. we're going, does this even make sense? Mm -hmm. Because Michaela could go work anywhere and make buckets of money mm -hmm. um, with her skill set. And it's just super unique because we do have completely different personalities to some extent, but then 10% of it, like we line up perfectly. Like our values and our interpretation of working hard and wanting to stay busy all the time we match up a hundred percent but what that actually looks like is completely different like i stay busy with my hands mm -hmm. and physically working hard and she stays busy at a keyboard mm -hmm. um as far as our income goes mm -hmm. now as far as exercising and extracurricular activities um more the opposite i i'm i don't have the desire to go on a run but she wants to run work out and you know push push her fitness level to to new heights all the time and that's a great segue i was gonna ask um do you guys do anything like that off work are you exercising together what's your off time free time look like what do you guys do to enjoy time apart and together <laughs> so yeah in my free time i i work out I do aerial arts, like to take the kids to the park, go swimming, that type of thing. Um, we do do like set things together, obviously, as a family. But um, Austin and I are really serious about our hobbies and our side hustles. So a lot of time gets spent in different areas of the house or different areas of the property. Um, well, that's one thing I love about working together mm -hmm. is that we feel i feel that it's the best of both worlds because we spend a lot of time together and at work so when we get home we don't feel like we need to catch up or mm -hmm. or spend time together we you know a lot of times go our separate ways i'm outside pretty much until it gets dark every day and and she does her own thing and i'm not feeling like you know we're missing each other because we mm -hmm. get to spend so much time at work so from my perspective it's the best of both worlds yeah because i get to do my hobbies where i know a lot of guys get home and it's like hey how come you're always playing video games i want to spend time with you or how come you're always doing this i want to spend time with you mm -hmm. well we get caught up on that right which kind of brings me to something that i wanted to talk about which for me working together i always knew i was going to work with whoever my wife was mm -hmm. because i just always wanted to it to be that way mm -hmm. but also you spend so much time when you don't work with each other talking about each other's works mm -hmm. where you can get home spend 
two or three hours just debriefing on what you did at work and what you did at work. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like in life we're catapulted because we save two to three hours a day that most couples spend debriefing where we don't have to. I was with you all day. Goodbye. I mean, now we do spend a lot of time talking about work at home, mm -hmm. but it's to move forward. It's not just a debrief. So mm -hmm. I feel back to normal. Mm -hmm. It's when we're talking at home, whether it's in the bathroom while we're brushing our teeth or while we're getting ready in the morning, it's moving us forward. Mm -hmm. So we basically have the cheat code is how I feel. Well, yeah. And on top of that, I think you, you kind of alluded to it. It almost makes you feel more productive. You have the, the yeah. time to be able to do things that normally quote unquote normal couples wouldn't necessarily have because they're having to debrief, talk about their days or whatever, or they try their best to spend all of that time together to work out together at the gym and still try and catch up and everything. And sometimes it just doesn't work out, but you know, you're totally right. Where since you're with your spouse 24 seven, pretty much, you don't necessarily have to ask all the time, how was your day? Exactly. Sometimes it's just more of like a, how are you right. sort of thing? You know, you can, even then too, like you, you get into a more intimate question in that way too. Or if you wanted to go that route, that route. Yeah. Or how did you interpret Austin losing his shit when he had to redo that bumper? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, ask about a specific situation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we were both there, but how did that make you feel? Oh, I yeah. didn't mind. Oh, I did. But you know, funny. I didn't even know that you lost your shit. I, yeah. I was like, either on the other Same. side of the shop or something yeah. like that. I had no idea. So I, I came in. It, um, it's better and better. It's better than it was five years ago. Losing my shit doesn't look like it does in 2009. <laughs> like I, I walked in because I was like, all right, do I need to pull the bumper? Because I heard that it was it didn't go well. But I went to Taylor's office. Do I need to pull the bumper? And he was like, nope, already done. Really? Yeah. What? And it was like, Austin got mad. And I was like, really? <laughs> I had no idea. But... That's, oh, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, working together to me is like, I just can't imagine it any other way. And when I hear normal couples, which we have to come up with a name for couples no, that don't work together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just couldn't imagine it any other way. And oh, another part of it is just because we work together, it's natural that our goals are combined. So we're not yeah. having to go, okay, well, how much did you make this month? How much did you make this month? What we should, I mean, I'm sure there are couples that work together, but we have the same financial stresses in the business. Mm -hmm. We have the same financial stresses at home where I think all normal couples have the same financial stresses at home, but they don't share the same financial stresses at work. So our spending habits, we know we have to make payroll at the, every two weeks. So we're, our spending habits are aligned automatically. Whereas if I was a business owner and she was a stay-at-home mom and she wasn't really worried about payroll every two weeks as much as I was, and I would have to reel in her spending, which Michaela's not a spender at all, but in another couple, I could imagine this situation where the husband owns owns a business and wife is stay-at-home and he, she's not exactly sure where the finances are. Everything that we do is 100% unified because everything we do is together. Like our home life is mm -hmm. together. Our business is together. Obviously, our kids and are together. We just talked about that maybe a few weeks ago, how we can't imagine how it would be if we did have two different careers now. Like it was by happenstance that we got into this industry and we couldn't see any going any other way. Absolutely. Like even though we already worked together in the drumming community and we, we educated for many years together. It's, it's the same, but it's not, you know, mm -hmm. it's, there's a lot more 
I feel like stressors when you're actually working in a, in a career-based industry versus mm-hmm. where we came from. Mm-hmm. But it, I wouldn't go back. Yeah, I wouldn't. I can't imagine not working together now. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess uh, thinking back at it or going back a little bit, uh, one question that I personally wanted to ask because everyone goes through a hurdle or two, what was if you could pinpoint one, like what was your biggest hurdle together? Like working, uh, like just starting out, you know, starting to build the empire that you guys currently have, you know, like, I, I guess what? For me, I know the answer. <laughs> um, there's two like big hurdles that come to me off the top of my head. Um, as soon as I quit my job and we started doing quality together and added the sign business, we simultaneously opened up a retail store with a business partner. And I was really hesitant about and skeptical about the whole thing as I am with every new business venture. And that business partner did not work out at all. So I ended up having to work at quality during the day and at the retail store at night and ended up just completely firing him and I was running basically both businesses. So that was really, really hard and retail is really hard. And it was just Mm -hmm. a huge financial stress, time stress, everything. So that was a really big hurdle. And then also like in 2016, 17, we had closed the store, but we were just at a point in our business with quality that we just did not know how to get to the next level. And we just felt like we were stuck in a rat wheel. We couldn't retain employees or team members. Um, And that kind of ties into the core values and mission statement. It seemed like everywhere we turned, whether it was a consulting or conferences, they all pointed back to, you know, really developing and defining your core values and your mission statement and your culture and your bigger purpose. And so as we worked on that, as well as personal development, we were able to push past that hurdle. So specifically the hurdle that pops into my mind i'm glad you reminded me about the rad life store (laughs) because that was horrible that i drug us through that for me that was mostly more difficult financially because i rarely ever actually worked at the the store Mm -hmm. um but i had gotten myself out of debt listening to dave ramsey which was at the time only about like five thousand dollars but i remember we did a big job at the time it was eighty five hundred for boot barn and i was able to pay off all my credit card debt and I was debt free for a, a certain amount of time. Then I did what only very few idiots do, or very few people are dumb enough to do this, but I went back into debt times 10 and put us into like $70,000 in debt to, to open the store or to revise the store. Cause we had the business partner, wasn't working with him, fired him, changed the name of the store to Threadhub and brought in a bunch of new brands. When we bought in, brought in all those new brands, Diamond, Pink Dolphin, Huff, you know, that's when we spent a big chunk of money to inventory the store. And it did better, but it didn't do good enough. So anyways, for me, that was more stressful financially and just knowing that I was dragging her through the mud. But the number one thing when you asked that question, I read it at home, was building a team. Mm-hmm. And the reason why she used the word employees was because that's what they were at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's a tr- it's a horrible trap that small business owners get in because we couldn't train anyone to do anything properly because we didn't have the time and resources, mm-hmm. meaning money. We didn't have the money. 
to train people properly. So we hire them, kind of just throw them in the lion's den. They would feel unaccomplished. They would go home feeling like they didn't help out, that they weren't a team player because they weren't, because they weren't given the right resources and the, the right amount of time to get acclimated. And then it would just, we need to hire people, but we don't have time to train them. We need to hire people, but we don't have time to train them. And the cycle was not broken by any one specific thing. It was like the rat tripped and fell off the wheel and it coasted to a stop. It wasn't yeah. on purpose. It wasn't, it was, we got one good team member, Ryan. And matter of fact, when he first started, he wasn't an all-star. He was like all the other people from the other shop. This was when we moved here. We hired, well, actually he was with us at the last shop and he was average and he became a superstar while being here and he helped shape and form the whole team we have today even though he hasn't been here for years he was the first person to embrace everything i wanted to do so if i wanted to do something he's like come on guys we gotta do he was hungry to embrace whatever new policy or idea that we came up with and then one other person got on board because he was on board and then another person got on board now the majority of people were on board and it's still this snowball that's still rolling from him and he's been gone since the beginning of COVID. So the biggest hurdle, black and white, is building a team. Right. And as even you guys have seen mm -hmm. since being here, when somebody comes on new like Steven or Josh, it's easier to have them adopt the company culture because there's so many of you guys that are already embracing it. So it's such a strong culture that when somebody comes on the team now, that it automatically picks them up and takes them away like a strong current. Well, that leads me into the opposite side of things. More like, what would you consider your biggest success thus far? Marrying Michaela. Easy, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. yes. Um, that one was a hard one because we've had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> You're supposed to say marrying last. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> um. I was, I don't know, it, it's hard, but I would Did say, I would say, <laughs> your family, no, your that husband. just happens naturally. Um, yeah, so I would say building up quality to the place that we have it now where we can explore different business ventures and ultimately it has allowed us to purchase, you know, two rental properties, which no one in my family has done. So, and me being the youngest, that's a huge accomplishment for us. Yeah. I think also just to add to exactly what she said, our business has, well, I don't know which really came first. It's hard to say, but there was a point in time where everyone was paid the minimum, mm -hmm. kind of like identity, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a trap. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can't afford you to pay more. I can't afford to pay you more, but in all reality, if she paid more, she would get more but she didn't have the money to pay more. So mm -hmm. which one comes first? It's like, mm -hmm. and so there was a point in time where we were like identity and we could edit this out, but we were like, <laughs> you know, other small shops that pay the bare minimum mm -hmm. and you get the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. And now we're at a point where I'm proud to say that everyone is at market value and some people even a little bit above market value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that was one of the big things that, you know, kind of opened up our eyes a little bit more is when we came to training you know, we had all these conversations, we had these, these uh, questions that you asked us to make. And, you know, as soon as you started listing off all these things, we were like, man, that's, there's a bigger world out there than just our little bubble, <laughs> yeah. you know, so 
you know, we're very fortunate to have gone through the training and to be able to make it out here. And we thank you guys very much for the opportunity to be able to be working here. It's so crazy that you bring that up because it's like, I know all this, but just right now doing this podcast with you guys, it's like a slap in the face that we started the Institute. You somehow learned about the Institute. You came for training. <laughs> we ended up hiring you guys. Then I gave you the idea of a podcast. Now we're on the podcast. It's like, where are we going to be in 10 years from now? Honestly, mm-hmm. like, I'm it's super proud here. of the the reach that the Institute has. But then I'm also going to have one of the 25 leadership hacks for businesses under 25 team members to be encourage your team members to start side hustles. We're a huge fan of you starting a side hustle. So when you start talking, I'm like, oh, God, let's let's talk about this. Like, I'll always pause on the clock to talk to anyone about money making ideas, whether it's investing or starting a side hustle or, you know, now you guys are starting another business and I want to do everything I can to help that business. So I think that's a big part of our culture and just something I'm really proud of as far as, again, helping people. Yeah, absolutely. Got anything else for that? Uh, I have one more. Um, That's our last one. I guess, what is your most valued time spent together and separately? I'm not sure if this is appropriate for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't had an uh, episode about sex yet. (laughs) I didn't say much. HR. I'm not at the top of the ladder. Uh, most valued time together mm-hmm. i well i love spending time with michaela like all guys like spending which is we're, we're next to each other we're in the same room but mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have to be talking or doing anything specific um some of the time i enjoy most is when we're driving listening to a book mm-hmm. um or dr- usually driving driving to a family event and we put on a book you know it doesn't have to be a road trip is what I first thought of. But even when we're just driving to my mom's house in Paso and we talk about business, like I like talking about business. Um, so that's that's my personal favorite time spent is talking about business and when she's willing to listen to some of my ideas. <laughs> I think we're on the same boat with driving. Driving usually is where our, our best conversations and our ideas come from. Yeah. Something about being in the car together. You're, you're forced to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you don't have as many distractions. Yeah. Because the phone's not ringing, you know, the business phone or being distracted with other questions from other people, whether it's kids or team members or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the long car rides are great, too, because the kids are usually sleeping, which is (laughs) nice. But I think we both like spending time, like when she's dancing, I'm outside working a horse, and we know both, both of each other are in our happy places, and we're not actually spending time together together but we know like hey he's good out there i'm good in here and we got two hours to do whatever we want mm-hmm. and that goes back so to like when we used to go out all the time it was like we would go to a party and like we both like the fact that we would both be like hanging out socializing with other people we didn't have to be like together. right next to each yeah. other mm-hmm. but just knowing that the other person was out there somewhere having fun mm-hmm. and we were both fine with that was was really cool you don't have to be tied at the hip yeah mm-hmm. yeah keeping an eye on each other mm-hmm. like we have full trust for each other when it comes to spending finances mm-hmm. making decisions with the kids um being loyal with each other whatever it might be like we have i, 
I think with the maximum amount of trust two people could have. Yeah. Like I see on Instagram people talking about like tracking each other and having each other's passwords to the phones and I'm like, this is like stuff I haven't even heard of before because <laughs> we don't even get close it, to that. It's stuff. a whole new Not that kind it's of bad, words. <laughs> but I just can't imagine needing that or well, I actually, I actually did ch- set up the tracking, but only because Austin loses his phone so much. <laughs> yes. So it's like, <laughs> it's necessary to know where your phone is. Cool. Well, do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. Is there anything else we need to? Oh, we did tell you guys if you want to promote anything specific, because obviously we want to support anyone who's willing to support us and spend time with us on this podcast. Uh, is there anything you guys want to? have a shameless plug for it. Yeah, run run through it all, websites, Instagrams, anything. I just want people to look out. I just want people to look out for the book. Obviously, we'll have a formal announcement when it's done, but it's 25 leadership hacks for businesses under 25 team members. All right. Cool. And we'll do everything we can to share that too. Once we have more information on it, we'll get it from you and we'll post it on our on our Instagram and on the put a link on the podcast. And I want to take this time to request a part two so that we could learn more about you guys when we have a little more time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come up a with a couple more po- uh, topics. To interview. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Michaela and Austin, thank you so much. And Dallas, and thank Dallas. you so much thank for uh, sitting down and talking with us, even if we're on the clock. So. Um, I know, you can't say that happens anywhere else. No, that's for sure. So. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, Everyone listening, thanks for listening so far. And you know the deal. All right. Bye. Bye. Awesome.